Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder presents The Return. This tale opens with Ryan, who is in his late twenties, dressed in business casual attire, sitting behind the wheel of a standard-sized rental car in the middle of the day, stuck in slow-moving traffic along Cicero Avenue in Chicago, near the Midway Airport. Ryan, irritated, stares out the window at the line of infinite cars that doesn't seem to end anytime soon. His phone rests in the cup holder, playing typical hold music. He glances down at the phone and at the length of the call so far. You have to be kidding me right now with how long this is taking. This is just incredible to me how a simple return could be such a hassle and take over 20 minutes now to get an answer. Ryan shakes his head in frustration then glares out at the traffic in front of him as he brings his hands up and gestures out the window. Then on top of everything else, I'm stuck in this goat rodeo traffic mess. I've literally only moved about 10 feet in the last 10 minutes. Ryan grips the steering wheel so tight, his knuckles turn white as he surveys the cars surrounding him. How these people do this every single day is beyond me. Should have just saved the money and walked. I would have been there and back at the airport already with the chance to chat up that brunette at the bar with all the tats some more. Ryan looks around the car. But no, I get to sit in this tin box stuck in this crawling traffic listening to annoying hold music. The car in front of Ryan slowly moves forward several feet, and without hesitation, the person in the car behind him blasts their horn several times. What the hell? Ryan, annoyed, stares at the mirror and spots a man behind him gesturing animatedly with his hands at him to move forward. Seriously? Where do you think we can go? What is several feet going to do for you? The guy hunks his horn again. My god, dude! You really need to work on your patience. Ryan slowly rolls his car forward several feet, getting close to the car in front of him, then looks back in the mirror and smiles at the man behind him. There you go. Are you happy now? The man raises his hand up and gives Ryan the finger, who just shakes his head in amazement. You are literally giving me the finger over several feet of space between cars. You have no idea who you are flipping off right now. If I wanted, I could get out of this car right now in the middle of traffic and... The hold music coming from the phone suddenly stops and is replaced by Mandy. Good afternoon, sir. My name is Mandy, and I'm one of the shift leads in our return department. Let me start off by apologizing for the amount of time we've had you on hold. However, please be assured that I have been briefed on all the details pertaining to your issue in trying to return a certain product that was purchased from our website. Ryan looks down at the phone, annoyed. Wait a second. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say you were one of the ship leads? That is correct, sir. Is that a problem? Ryan rolls his eyes. <sighs> As a matter of fact, it is a problem because it would seem as if the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing in that so-called office you are located in. I'm very sorry you perceive things as that way, sir. I will tell you that everybody here goes out of their way to ensure that each 
and every customer is treated at the highest level of customer service possible each and every time. Well, I uh, hate to burst your little bubble, Mandy, but there has obviously been a breakdown in the communication chain amongst your so-called incredible customer service team. When I was talking with Peter, <laughs> forgive me if that isn't his name as that was well over 20 minutes ago when I was put on hold. He informed me that he was going to get the manager to assist me with my return because he was unable to complete my request. Peter was the customer service representative you were speaking with earlier, and he did intend to get the manager for you, but due to unforeseen circumstances, the manager is currently unavailable. However, I can certainly assist you and hopefully bring this issue to some kind of resolution. Ryan stares down at the phone. Please don't take any offense to this, Mandy, but when will the real manager be available to speak with me? No offense taken, sir. However, that is a difficult question for me to actually answer, due to the fact that the manager is scheduled to be at an off-site meeting for the remainder of the afternoon. Ryan grips the steering wheel. Well, isn't that just a happy little coincidence? that was truly the case, then why in the world would Peter even suggest the possibility that he was going to get the manager to speak with me if they were not even there? I am sorry about that, and I will take full responsibility for that error, because I apparently dropped the ball on training him. You see, Peter is fairly new and wasn't familiar with checking our team calendar availability prior to telling you that. The traffic starts to move, allowing Ryan to roll forward, when all of a sudden, a car cuts in front of him. Ryan steps on the brakes and honks his horn. Nice job! Excuse me? Ryan looks down at the phone. I wasn't talking to you. Sorry. Ryan looks back out at the road as he steps on the gas. So basically, what you are telling me is that I won't be able to talk with the actual manager that is in charge of things to get all this resolved and get my money back? That is correct, and I am very sorry about that. But unfortunately, like I said, he is out of the office for the rest of the day. An option you have is that you could call back tomorrow or later in the week, but I must inform you that whatever he might have said, I could as well. Well... The last thing I want to go through is this goat rodeo again, so if you say you can resolve this issue for me, then I say, let's go ahead and have you do that. Fantastic. Okay, so from my understanding of your conversation that you had with Peter, he was able to go over our return policy with you in detail, correct? I will be honest with you, Abby. <laughs> he did, but I really wasn't paying attention for most of it because he just kept going on and on and in the process making everything much more difficult than it need be. Like I told him, this is really a simple fix. I just want my money back because I didn't receive the product that I paid for and that I ordered. So if you could just refund my money back to my account, then we can be done with all of this because I'm actually on my way to work and would prefer to divert my attention there. I understand how in your eyes this should be a very simple process and we should be able to refund your money right away and in almost all cases that would be no problem. 
However, in this particular situation, the item that you ordered has a very strict no return allowed policy attached to it, if the package has been opened in any way. Ryan taps the steering wheel with his fingers. I completely understand your policy and can appreciate all of that. But as I already told Peter, I opened it because I obviously thought there was some kind of a mistake. And that what the box was displaying wasn't what was really in it because I have no need whatsoever for such an item and honestly would never order such a thing. All our records, which I have gone and double-checked to ensure accuracy, show that you browsed a particular section of our website from 1033 to 1048, then selected the item in discussion and placed it in your cart, which you then went ahead and checked out. That item was then sent to you. Everything from our end is correct, sir. Ryan looks out the window at the large collection of hotels then flips his indicator on and switches lanes quickly. Are you still there, sir? Ryan glances down at the phone. Yes, uh, sorry. Would you please just hang on? I'm trying to figure out where to park. Of course. Ryan reaches down and hits mute on the phone, then pulls the car into the complex and glances out at the hotels. He reaches over and grabs a small notepad off the passenger seat, glancing at it before peering back out the window. That's the one. Ryan tosses the notepad back down, then hits the unmute button as he drives the car toward the hotel at the back of the complex. I'm sorry about that. Are you still there? Yes, sir. So, going back to what we were discussing earlier, it sounds to me you are going to make me pay for something I never ordered. Well, our records show that... I realize what your records indicate to you, but what I'm telling you is that I never selected that item. Ryan pulls the car into a parking spot just outside the entrance of a hotel and turns the car off. I truly wish I could refund your money, sir, but again, our policy is very strict related to these particular items. Ryan reaches into the back seat and pulls a generic black backpack up front with him. I hate to state the obvious here, Mandy, but we seem to be just going round and round with no possible resolution anywhere on the horizon. I'm sorry you feel that way, sir, but I really don't know what else I can do for you at this point. Ryan grabs the phone out of the cup holder as he puts his Bluetooth earpiece in. Like I said, I am not paying for this item that I didn't order. So what I suggest is that you go and call your manager wherever they may be and have them make the decision that I know they will, which is giving me my money back. That won't be possible, as I have already explained to you that they are in meetings all day. Anything is possible, Mandy. You just need to set your mind to it. Here's what is going to happen. You are going to give them a call, and as you are doing that, I need to go do my job, and hopefully when we come back together here, in the middle, we will be all good. There is no guarantee that I will even be able to get them on the phone. You could be holding for a while. Ryan climbs out of the car. The way I look at it is, 
I've already been holding for so long today as it is. What the hell does holding for more time matter at this point? Ryan looks down at his phone. Are you still there? I will see what I can do. <sighs> Fantastic. The hold music comes on as Ryan stares at the phone in disbelief. So much for your customer service skills. Ryan puts the phone in his pocket, then slings the backpack over his shoulder before closing the door and walking toward the front entrance of the hotel. Ryan casually walks through a set of glass sliding doors, through the lobby, and past a large rack of tourist information before reaching an elevator bank. He pushes the elevator button as he continues to listen to the hold music. The doors to the elevator open, and Ryan steps in, sliding the backpack off his shoulder as he pushes the button for the top floor, then opens the backpack as the elevator doors close. Ryan steps out of the elevator wearing a clear plastic poncho over his clothing and black plastic gloves. With the backpack over his shoulder, he walks down the hall, glancing at room numbers, before finally stopping at room 512. Ryan steps up to the door and places the backpack at his feet, then rolling his head on his shoulders before knocking on the door several times. Suddenly, a voice can be heard on the other side of the door. Who the fuck is it? Ryan stands, staring at the door, not saying anything. You'd better have my fucking food or someone's getting their fucking teeth kicked in. The door suddenly swings open and William, in his 40s, wearing just jeans, which allows for his ritualistic tattoos to be seen on his upper body, stares at Ryan, irritated. What the fuck is your story, asshole? You the dude with my chicken strips or what? William looks down at Ryan's hands. I don't see shit in your hands, so why didn't you tell me who the fuck you are already, jerk off? And why the fuck you're dressed like some kind of freak? Ryan looks past William into the room, then back at him. Would your name happen to be William Getty out of Seattle? William, annoyed, glares at Ryan. Why didn't you tell me who the fuck is asking? Ryan glances down the hall in both directions, then back at William, then pulls out a pair of clear safety glasses and puts them on. I don't know what your deal is, shit stink, but you're getting on my last fucking nerve. Ryan motions to what he's wearing. To answer your question from earlier, I apparently look like a freak because all of this is personal protective equipment to prevent any of your probably infected blood from splashing on me. Was <laughs> that supposed to scare me or something? What's a little fuck like yourself planning on doing? Just my job. You're fucking... Without hesitation, Ryan pulls a large knife from behind his back and drives it through William's neck, then quickly jerks it back out. William quickly reaches up, grabbing his neck and trying to stop the spurting blood as Ryan steps into the room, raising his foot, which he uses to shove William back. William stumbles backwards and trips over a chair, falling to the ground. Ryan casually sticks his head out and looks both ways down the hall, then closes the door. William, still holding his throat, tries speaking, but he is only able to spit up more blood. Ryan, scanning the room, slowly walks up to William and looks down at him. If 
I was you, I would go ahead and stop trying to speak because I've basically rendered your voice useless by penetrating your neck where I did with the blade. William stops trying to speak as the blood continues to seep through his fingers. Ryan grabs the TV remote off the couch and turns up the volume on a football game being played, then looks back down at William. I can guarantee you with 100% accuracy that your mind is desperately trying to figure out who I am and what I could possibly be doing here. Ryan carefully kneels down next to William. Well, be rest assured you haven't lost your mind because we have never met or interacted in any possible way. I was actually hired by the families of the children you molested back in Seattle. You know, the ones you stole their innocence from and destroyed their lives forever? Ryan takes the knife and points it at William's face. You're actually doing a pretty damn good job of staying hidden, but you just couldn't help yourself, could you? You had to come up for air and get back online, prowling for more children. William continues to gurgle blood. After I heard what you did to those children, I almost took this job for free, but just like everybody else on this planet, times are tough and I've got bills to pay. William looks at Ryan in horror as he takes the backpack off his back and sets it on the floor. As I am a person that believes the only way to function in this world is through transparency, I will be pretty much giving you a step-by-step of what I will be doing to you. Ryan points the knife at William's groin. I've been instructed to remove your testicles and penis. Ryan points the knife at William's face as well as carve out your eyeballs, and then they get returned back to them. Now, your guess is as good as mine as to what they plan on doing with those items once they get them back, but they're the ones footing the bill, so it's their prerogative. William stares at the knife. I wish I could say this wasn't gonna hurt, but my plan is to start with your eyes, and I'm pretty damn sure you're gonna feel that first one come out. I'm guessing that with the amount of blood that you're losing right now and the pain and shock of your eyeball being cut out, you will either be passed out or dead by the time I get to that second one. Ryan reaches in the backpack and pulls out a medium plastic Ziploc-style bag and opens it, then places it down next to William's head. Time to get to work. William, with what little energy he has left, struggles. But Ryan puts his free hand down on his chest, stopping him. You should just go ahead and stop doing all that because it's pointless. Just shuck it up and pay for what you have done. Ryan, without warning, drives the knife down right above William's right eye and goes to work carving it up. William frantically kicks his legs as he tries screaming out in pain but only blood spurts out. Just about there. All of a sudden, the hold music stops and is replaced with Mandy's voice. Hello? Ryan shakes his head in disbelief. (laughs) Murphy's Law. Hello, sir? Are you still there? 
Ryan lets go of the knife that stays sticking out of William's eye, then wipes his hand on William's pants before hitting his Bluetooth device. Yes, I'm still here. What'd you find out? I just wanted to let you know that I should be talking with the manager very soon. I just didn't want you to think that I had forgotten you on hold. I appreciate that, Mandy. I'm actually so involved in my work at the moment, I pretty much forgot I was even on hold. Well, hopefully you won't be waiting much longer. I am going to put you back on hold, if that's okay? Of course. The hold music starts back up as Ryan looks down at William, then grabs the knife and finishes the first eye and pulls it out, dropping it in the plastic bag. Ryan, who has removed the bloody poncho and safety glasses, holds up the plastic baggie with William's two eyes and genitals in it, then sticks them in the backpack and zips it up. He looks down at William's lifeless body and takes a quick photo with his phone, then turns to leave when the hold music is again replaced by Mandy's voice. Hello, sir. Ryan taps his earpiece. Perfect timing. So, do I get to talk with the big cheese or not? Ryan walks to the door and opens it. Well, not exactly. Ryan steps out, but stops and reaches back in, grabbing the Do Not Disturb sign, hanging it on the outside of the door before closing it. That doesn't sound very promising. Ryan walks down the hall toward the elevator with the backpack over his shoulder. Here's the deal. I have the manager on the other line and we'll need to basically take what you tell me and then tell him. Are we seriously about to play the telephone game? Ryan steps up to the elevator and pushes the button. This is the closest I could get to a call with him. The elevator door opens, and Ryan steps in, pushing the lobby button. So, does he know the circumstances pertaining to my issue? Yes, he does. What would you like me to ask him? The elevator doors close. Let's just pull the band-aid off already, shall we? Tell him that I ordered a flashlight, and not a flashlight. That I don't need a plastic-shaped vagina to stick my penis in to ejaculate. I need a flashlight that illuminates the darkness. The elevator doors open. Are you still there? Ryan steps out of the elevator and walks toward the front doors. Hello? Yes, I'm here. You want me to say that to him? Yes, because I am sick and tired of... All this running around in circles. I have a strong feeling he will see my point. The hold music comes back as Ryan walks out of the hotel and toward his car. Ryan gets into his rental car and closes the door when the hold music stops and Mandy returns. Good news, sir. The manager has decided that for this order, and this order only, we will refund your purchase. What did I tell you, Mandy? We just had to push to the right level. Is there anything else I can help you with? Any chance you could clear off all the traffic on the Cicero for me? Excuse me? <laughs> Nothing. Thank you for all your help, Mandy, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Ryan pulls his phone out and ends the call 
then starts the car and backs out of the parking spot. This completes the twisted tale, The Return. Remember to keep those ears open for future twisted tales wherever you get your podcasts.